we have some pretty clear connectivity issues and generally how we okay. clear those up are just not sharing video since that takes up a bunch of the bandwidth so just turn turn video off okay right sounds good you know you didn't do it right chance yeah no my hands are full i'm pouring a beer into a glass oh okay Tuesday, Tuesday podcast episode 175. I'm Sam Ginsberg and Tyler's gone today. It's gonna be crazy. So this is the part where I would usually throw it to Tyler, but he's not here, so I'm gonna host it. Uh, I'm here with uh, Andrea and Chance, two friends from college. I haven't talked to either of you in a while, so I think this is gonna be a lot of fun. Andrea, I don't think I've talked to you since your wedding, and Chance, I don't think I've talked to you since I graduated. Is that accurate? Yeah. Uh, that's accurate. A little off. You visited once, um, and I also saw you, the last time I saw you was at your house in Maryland. Oh, shit, yeah. Uh, I, I went home for Thanksgiving, and uh, Chance and Molly were around, so I got saw it. I forgot about that. That was fun. But let's let's get right into it. I'm going to introduce my beer and tell you a little bit about it. Uh, All right. So everyone's heard of Stone Arrogant Bastard Ale, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I have a spinoff. This is the Bourbon Barrel Aged Arrogant Bastard. And kind of the whole thing with this beer is it just talks shit the whole time, like it's rude to you, kind of in keeping with the name. Right. So quite refined, unlike you, and uh, I didn't give you permission to pick me up, let alone drink me, etc. So we'll see, I, I, I like Eric and Bastard, but I think that it do- hasn't really earned its, I don't know, its, it's reputation that it's given itself for, for being like the be-all, end-all good beer, but I, I mean, you know, on some level it's just marketing. Right. I I didn't do the best job pouring wise, so I'll uh, I'll get back to you on the flavor profile later on. Chance, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Dogfish Heads Pumpkin Ale. Mm. Yeah, I poured that into a nice uh, tulip glass, and I did a great job pouring it. Um, <laughs> it as you recall, I couldn't um, turn off the video because of how intent I was, and. Um, you know, I took the first few sips here, and I mean, it's delicious. Um, I bought a 12-pack of it. This is my last one of the pack, and, um, you know, I think this is the best one I've had. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, we talked about about Pumpkin on the show a while ago. I think it was a year ago, so, you know, last last pumpkin beer season. And they, right, were, yeah. they were suing a bunch of people for uh, stealing their name, but they it was just like... Because it's not pumpkin, it's pumpkin, and so it's like a cute little uh, abbreviation. Yeah. But there's a beer called uh, Pumpkin Drublick, which I think is a, a better name. They were getting mad about that. And uh-huh. and kind of everyone was just like, hey, shut up, nerds. That's stupid. So Pumpkin <laughs> Drublick works on so many levels because there is a NoFX album, like Punk in Drublick. So, I mean, I think that's a better name, too. I don't know why yeah. that one went out. I think that uh, when you get big enough, like Dogfish Head, you have a tendency to bully a little bit, which is a shame, especially coming yeah. from a great brewery. Uh, what do you have, Andrea? Well, coincidentally, I also have a pumpkin ale, the Imperial Pumpkin Ale Brewed with Pumpkins by Southern Tier. That's a great beer. Yeah, it's really good. It's uh, one pint and six fluid ounces, and I have to work tomorrow morning, so this is great. 
I love it. <laughs> Put it in a glass because I am a bit of a savage and kind of only drink out of the bottle, wine included. Uh, that's okay. We don't have to tell the audience that you're a heathen. Well, I feel, I feel like they should know. I need to like set a precedent, like establish who I am with our listening audience. You know, you're just getting the bar nice and low. Yeah. Okay. So uh, tell me how's how's married life? It's been a it's been a year, a, well, a year and fuck like almost a year and a half, right? Yeah, it was last August, so it's been a year and like a few months. It's been great. It's like pretty much exactly the same as not married life because we've been living together since college. <laughs> so. I mean, it's, it's been fun in that we've done some more things around Morgantown and have met a bunch of new people, and it's that's been really great. And, yeah, I mean, just sort of rolling. Sweet. And, a Chance, how has postgraduate life been? I assume oh, you graduated. Okay. Well, I technically still have to turn in my comp. Oh, damn it, dude. Like, are you, what? Are you pulling a straight <laughs> Jed over there? Pretty much. Like, even worse than Jed, though. But uh, oh, I've my. got not much time left to turn that in and uh so that'll be done really soon and uh i'm excited about that but up until this point because i haven't turned it in it's been extremely stressful and depressing well but, yeah uh, writing your comp is the worst good what's that writing your comp is the worst that's why i did most of it during bruise day tuesdays after you know i had a beer and everyone else was having fun and i would just do math yeah yeah that's how to do yeah, it i remember you seem to really, uh, you just moved along on your comp. You are one of the, uh, the better compers. Well, the thing is, with a science, especially like a, a theoretical science comp, you kind of just say what you think and then prove it with logic, and you don't have to, like, do a bunch of background research to, like, back up opinions, because they aren't opinions, they're facts, and I think that makes the whole right. thing more convenient. Yeah, definitely. Right. And a lot more snotty, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> John knows theoretical physics, so... Gotcha. What was yours, Chance? It's a uh, it's fiction, so it's like it's like the complete opposite, where it's like I made everything up. Um, so, <laughs> like, is it like what, a... how are you gonna grade this? Like, did you like it? So, did you write um, a book? Did you write a bunch of short stories or what? Yeah, a bunch of short stories. I have about like thirty, almost forty pages. And I need like ten more, and then like just to spruce up like the intro and everything. God, because it's got to be like fifty pages of fiction, and then like a. 15 page like preface it's so different being in the real world like whenever i have to like write up a thing and it's more than a half page i'm like this is total bullshit i don't write anymore yeah. <laughs> uh, so you guys want to yeah. talk about some beer news yeah. Beer news. Yeah. yeah so our first article comes to us from uh heat street or heatst.com and this is kind of an interesting one uh i feel more and more these days uh news isn't news it's uh, half news and half someone's opinion. And uh, Kyle Foley has very strong negative opinions uh, against what's going on here. Uh, Australian brewer crams social justice crusading into its cans of beer. So even just based on the wording of that headline, it, it kind of has a, a, a negative bent. And, th- and there, are, there are four cans here. Uh, the first is nipples are nipples. And that's to promote Accurate. gender equality. Accurate, yes. I, I think... Uh, <laughs> The, the idea they're going for kind of on a less literal level is everyone has nipples, so we should treat everyone the same. And I, I don't know. I think that's a little odd that that's the tack they want to take for gender equality. Like, I don't know why it wouldn't be, you know, brains are brains or people are people or like equally uh, tautological statements. Maybe maybe the idea is because like lady nips get blurred out and dude nips don't. But I, I don't know. I 
Yeah, I think it's probably a play on like the free the nipple campaign. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't know that that necessarily reflects gender equality as much as like, you know, just a, a specific uh, feminist issue. And so tell me tell me more about this, because I, I am I'm not familiar with this as a movement. It, the idea is basically like uh, women should be able to show their breasts if men can. Yeah, they're yeah. able to uh, do so in uh, a lot of places like New York City. I think they can. But uh, I don't think they choose to generally. Well, yeah, I mean, I I don't choose to bear my breasts in general either. Like if I'm right. if I'm in my home or like at the pool, that's that's about it. Mm-hmm. But, but but uh, I, I guess the the bigger thing is it's the right to do it rather than the actual doing of it. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of other side issues surrounding that too. If you ask me, like uh, women going without bras is still kind of looked down upon, even amongst other women, and it's fabulous and should just be a thing that people do and no one cares about. So I think that's part of it too. Just like like mm-hmm. nothing about a body should be necessarily taboo. Yeah, and do you think that the statement? Uh, Nipples are nipples gets at that. I I think that it speaks volumes. <laughs> um. <laughs> See, here's here's my issue with it, Chance. I think I, I've proven why it's not as effective as maybe it could be. I didn't get it. So I feel like the only people that are gonna get it are the people that already agree with the opinion they're they're trying to, to get across. That makes sense. And so I'm, yeah. not, I'm not trying to say that it's it's not a good cause, but I think they pr- might have been able to play this a little stronger. So the second one here is change the date, and so this is uh, this is about an an Australian uh, company. Uh, it's called um, Spark Change Beverage, and so I guess Australia Day it was is is currently uh, commemorates a day that's uh, not so great for celebrating. This is when a uh, Indigenous people in Australia were killed, so yeah, I mean it's it's kind of analogous to us having Columbus Day here in the states, which many people have rebranded as Indigenous Peoples Day, where it's kind of like celebrating presumably something good happened on Australia Day, or at least in some people's opinions it was good, and and now it's you know now that we're not uh, like raging racists and imperialists all the time in retrospect it doesn't look so great so that's that's what that one is i don't know that there's as much to talk about there just because none of us are australian right and i would agree like it's similar to the first one in that like because we're not australian i had no idea what that meant when i looked at it i didn't even know what australia day was so yeah i had to read the i had to read the article to to pick up on that but it's certainly way worse than the first one whenever it comes to getting it well i think if I think they're probably aimed aiming this one at people in Australia, and the fact that it right. says "Change the date, Australia Day" on there, I think you know people will figure that out. I wasn't squinting enough. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> these pictures, the um, the pixels aren't the best. So this third one is "Boundless Plains to Share," and then the the little bar says "Asylum Seekers." So I'm not 100 percent sure what this is aimed at. Especially because they don't really get into it in in the article itself like they do with some of the other ones. I, I imagine this is about taking in refugees. Well, it says asylum seekers, so it yeah. must be. It's a that's a good indication and and sharing. You know that that makes sense. And I guess it's it's interesting to me that you know this article has kind of a negative bent and so kind of the the criticism for for nipples or nipples, for example, is you know just that it's kind of kind of silly and. You know, what is a can of hard lemonade going to do? And, like, that that point is, like, 
kind of makes sense, but at the same time, like, fuck are you doing, dude? But right. he doesn't comment on the boundless planes to share thing at all. because Just because, I don't know, I feel like as soon as you say, turn them away, you seem like a heartless bastard, but I don't think he wanted to agree with them. So he just neglected to even comment on that one. And then the last one he actually does say, uh, rem- well, he says, reminds me of that old adage that even a broken clock is right twice a day. So basically he's being cheeky and saying he agrees with it. And this is, I think, the, in my opinion, the most important one. Consent can't come after you do. Just kind of reminding everyone that sexual consent is super duper important. And I, 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 this is another one where I, I feel like the people that need reminding about that aren't going to listen to a can of this is a hard apple cider but and i'm i'm hoping it doesn't get into this here i'm hoping that the that a portion of the the profits here are going towards uh towards groups that can actually affect change in these arenas but is one of you playing with a bottle cap or something oh yeah yep sorry that's okay (laughs) you're a rookie I, i i'm used to dealing with this shit from jed he's been done like 50 of these So I, yeah, I, I, I like the bottle cap and the, the opener. So Yeah, fidgeting is really fun. So I feel like I've been talking a lot about this stuff. Do you do you guys have do you guys have comments here? I, I've been dominating the airwaves. Yeah, so I, I think that I, I mean I really like the phrase on the last can. I think that's something that, you know, it would be really great on, you know, dorm room walls, for instance. Again, like I, I don't think that it's necessarily effective on a can of alcohol. I mean, I guess maybe if you're getting drunk, you should remember that. But I, I think that someone who is opposed to these ideas can just very easily like not buy the alcohol. And I'm not sure how much good raising awareness does without something else to back it up. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm a little torn on that because like on one hand, like anything that gets into the public consciousness, like positive ideas is good. But on the other hand, like it kind of promotes people thinking that they're doing a good thing, but actually just doing nothing and getting drunk. I would like to think that people don't know that they're buying these uh, labels on their beers or hard, hard ciders and whatever. But uh, whenever they like open them up at home and they see these notes, if they're like really intolerant, I just imagine that they like freak the like they lose their shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I have a feeling that, People in Australia probably are familiar with this brand, and the people that disagree with the views they espouse are probably not purchasing these products. But I'm not in Australia, and our usual Australian correspondent is is out sick this week, so we can't consult with her, unfortunately. Mm. That's not true. I made that up. Do you have an Australian correspondent? No, absolutely not. This is a Uh, rinky-dink shit operation. Okay, because I was going to say, Ian Colley's an Australian now, so, I, I mean... I do not know who that is. Ian Colley? I mean, he went to Allegheny. Okay. Uh, year between us, you know? Gotcha. We didn't always run in the same circles, Chance. Yeah, I, I understand, but just saying. Uh, we do Aust- have... That's a potential Australian correspondent, I mean... Yeah. On the Bruce Jews. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chance, why don't you, you go ahead and text this dude and, and, and ask him if he knows about Spark Change... Spark is spelled like the word spark with an extra K and then an E on the end. Spark change? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Why Why should I message him that? Because that's, that's the, the... I don't want to say brewery, because only one of these four products is actually beer, but they call themselves a brewery. Right. I, I'm just curious if, if he would have heard of them. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll let him know. I'll uh, message him right now. Cool. And then uh, hopefully we can get back to that later in the show. We'll, we will see. Usually when we do these, it's me and Tyler who are on it every week, and then a third person who rotates, so they're on every few weeks, and we kind of lean on that person to provide funny stories because they have a few weeks worth of funny stuff as opposed to one week versus worth of funny stuff, but neither of you have ever been on before. So I'm kind of just expecting you to throw hilarious adages at me. And you can say they happened this week, but if they happened two years ago, no one's going to know. And obviously no one's told it on the show before. Oh, I got some good shit. Hit me. I got some good shit. All right, so this did maybe happen in the last week or so. All right, I've got to preface this with a backstory, and the backstory is fantastic. So I mentioned before that uh, in the past year we've met really cool people. So, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, but I think you'd fucking love it. Um, the Hash House Harriers is an international organization, and it's basically a drinking club with a running problem. That's how we market ourselves to the public, aka the muggles. So, we, it's basically like a beer scavenger hunt. Uh, two people run the trail ahead of the rest of the crowd and lay marks down in flour or chalk or whatever, um, and then... You know, you do different things, you go at different stops, sometimes you stop for a song, sometimes you stop to look at scenery. Eventually you get to like beer nears, where you generally drink crappy beer or good beer if you pay a little bit more to cover the cost. So these groups are different. Um, some are fo- really focused on the running, some are really focused on uh, like the debauchery of it. And luckily we found a debauchery group. <laughs> um, we're the, called the Mountain Beers which is a nice play on the Mountain Years from WVU. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we occasionally have full moon hashes uh, where part of the trail is uh, traditionally around naked if you choose to do so. Um, and we had a full moon trail around the super moon. Um, so we were running around town and I mean, we were still pretty much in town. We were in the woods. Um, and there were, it was me and a bunch of dudes. So there were maybe like, Three or four naked guys. Okay, so <laughs> we're running through the woods. We're at a beer stop. We're like, doing jello shots and drinking some PBRs. And this muggle walks up the path, right? And clearly, like, stonery college student. So he comes up, and he's like, oh, shit, guys. Like, I thought you were the cops. Like, I was just doing some shit. I smoked some <laughs> you're, shit. You're and, naked, and he and thought like, you were the cops? <laughs> yeah, so he has no idea. He has no idea that people are naked because it's dark. <laughs> Like, you can't see shit because it's in the woods. Okay. So, so, the, so he's like, so we're like, uh, yeah, dude, do you want a beer? And like, I mean, this guy is totally fucking naked. Who asked him for a beer? And who asked him if he wants a beer? And the kid's like, uh, sure, why not? Free beer. So he's standing with us talking, you know, maybe, maybe five minutes of oblivious. And all of a sudden he like, looks around and the guy next to him is naked. And he looks, there's another naked dude and like surrounded by naked dudes. And he's just like, holy shit, holy shit, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and then we just kind of put our clothes back on and went on our way. Why'd you have to put your clothes back on? Well, eventually you have to get back into the city and it's kind of frowned upon in Morgantown. Sure. <laughs> but we get away with a lot. It's pretty great. Now, if a cop had happened to been on the trail, would you have gotten in, in trouble? I don't know. Usually... I mean, this has happened when we're not naked, but if we explain to the cops what we're doing, they don't have a problem with us doing it. Probably if people were naked, they I don't know. I don't know. Like, some of the cops in town are easy and some are not at all. So it just depends on who you get caught by. 
I, I had a nude run-in with the fuzz. I guess not really the fuzz. It was campus security, senior year of college. There was the naked bike ride, and yeah. uh, campus security came, and I kind of was like, you know, there were a bunch of people who weren't seniors there, and it was like really towards the end of the year, and it's kind of at the point where it's like, like, what are you going to do to me? I'm only going to be here another three weeks. So I, I like kind of knew he was going to catch somebody, so I slowed down so he would catch me, and it was fine. And, like, I kind of sat there naked on the bike for five minutes, talked to him. He's like, you know, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing this annual naked bike ride thing. He's like, yeah, I, I kind of know, but why are you doing it? And I was like, I don't know, man. It's college, whatever. And he kind of – I got the vibe from him that he totally knew – and totally understood, but at the same time couldn't just not say anything, which makes sense. Like, he's, yeah. he's doing his job. That's totally cool. And he was like, how do you feel about I let you go and you just go home? And I was like, that sounds fine. But I realized <laughs> that, oh, I was super drunk. I don't. I guess that goes without saying, but I was super drunk. Uh, and so I didn't remember where we had left from. It was someone's house that I didn't know. And yeah, it was down on Loomis Street. Yeah. Um, and so, we had just had frisbee formal. So. Yeah, it was. We had frisbee formal immediately before this, and so I didn't have like I didn't have my pants obviously, but my phone and wallet were in those pants. So I was gonna have to get back there to get back into the dorm, and I couldn't like contact anyone because I didn't have my phone. So first I biked around looking for everyone who was part of the bike ride and couldn't find anyone. And then, and I, you know, then I bike around looking for the house, and nothing looked familiar because I hadn't been there before, and I wasn't really paying attention. And then I kind of just biked around for fun for a while because I couldn't think of a better plan. And then eventually, like, man, those bicycle seats on a nude butt—that's not a great situation. So I, I found our friend Rainer's house, who was—he was in an off-campus house—and pretty much just broke in because I didn't have a better plan, and just laid on his couch naked with like stuff over my crotch. And then eventually they came home because they were naked bike riding and they were like, oh, here you are. We found you. And I was like, I don't know where any of my shit is. And then I fell asleep. Huh. Who, was, who all showed up? I know that I showed up and so did Molly and I think Reed and Alyssa and Rainer. I think that? that I think that was the whole crew. Yeah. That's that's a good crew looking back at it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I just remember like the sh- coming into that house and just saying like, just seeing you on the couch, like, covered in a blanket, and you're like, oh, hey, guys. Like, yeah, I couldn't make my way back. I'm naked under here. <laughs> I mean, how, <laughs> how would I not have been? Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the next day, uh, Reed, he's such a sweetheart, laid a bunch of clothes out for me, and I liked the T-shirt so much that he lent me that I just bought it off him. Instead of returning his shirt, I just gave him some cash, and he was cool with it. Oh, that's awesome. And I, uh, I, I forgot I had my shoes on. For biking, because that makes sense. But the next morning, I just kind of made the assumption that I hadn't been wearing shoes. So, like, <laughs> I left barefoot. And then, like, for the next, you know, couple weeks, I was like, man, I cannot find my red chucks. This is a bummer. I love those shoes. And then I happened to, after we graduated, move into that house for the summer. And just, like, there were my shoes still there. Just been not up to anything. Yeah, and I, I got them back. <laughs> oh, right. That was the... You mean the house that uh, we we lived in that summer? Oh yeah, Chance also lived there. Yeah, I thought uh, for a second I thought you meant like the house where you first undressed, and I was like, when did you move in there? No, but, uh, no, yeah, <laughs> Rainer's house. Yeah, cool, cool. That was so, very nice. So one of the themes of that story 
is, uh, you know, trying to defend the underage drinkers, which parlays well into our second article from therooster.com. New Colorado Initiative seeks to lower the drinking age to 18. So there's, there's something I learned in history class that I think is true, but I might not be remembering it right. Oh, no, it's right here in the article. I just missed it earlier. Basically... It seems like the national drinking age is 21, but it's a state-by-state law that happens to be the exact same in every state. And and part of the reason for this is uh, many of the outliers who wanted the drinking age to be lower than 21 kind of were being denied a bunch of federal highway funding. So they were, you know, strong-armed financially into fitting their drinking age to, the, to this curve. But uh, it's kind of been long enough now that I guess Colorado thinks they can get away with lowering it to 18. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, I feel like it should be lower, especially, um, I mean, that way everyone who's in college is um, not breaking the law, even though it's like, I feel like a really large amount of college kids are, uh, you know, breaking the rules by underage drinking. And it's like, you know, they should just make it more about like, what's it actually going to do to your body? Is it hurting you? Just drink responsibly, you know? Just be like, you know. Because I was way more irresponsible of a drinker before I turned 21. If it was, like, legal for me to do that at 18, I would have been responsible at 18, you know? I think you're you're totally right because there were people in college who were under 21 and way too drunk and, you know, maybe should be going to the to the ED and people were hesitant. Like, I don't want to get them in trouble. I don't want to get us in trouble. And those situations, at least the ones I was involved in all kind of resolved themselves harmlessly. But I, I, I mean, I guarantee there have been times that someone's been under 21 and had alcohol poisoning and everyone's been too afraid of getting in trouble. And then that person dies. Yeah. And if it hadn't been illegal, that wouldn't have happened. But to make a counter argument to the argument I just made, you have to draw this line somewhere, and people are going to be if, – if the drinking age is 18, people in high school are going to be drinking hard and run into the situation. Right. But uh, – um, they've, they've actually um, – they've instated some laws in some places where um, you, uh, you can't like – you won't be charged, and the person who's like was drinking won't be charged for like turning them in and like getting them help or something. I, I think I remember hearing that somewhere. That's that's that. awesome. I'm very glad that that exists. Yeah, especially, but it only works if people know about it. Because if people still think they're going to get in trouble, then I mean, they're not going to do anything. I think if you look at countries in Europe where their drinking age is a lot lower than 21, uh, you find that they have a lot less instances of people getting too drunk to the point that they need to go to the hospital in the first place. Like, I think what we try to do in American culture is, you know, like, a lot of people don't understand alcohol really and irresponsible alcoholism, for instance. <laughs> and uh, they, so they try to say like, okay, well, this is bad if you're under this age, but I mean, it's going to be different for every person. Some people are more responsible at 16 than other people are at 24. So trying to blanket it all, it all as bad and saying that you have to be 21 to do it is pretty ridiculous when like the article states you can be in the military at 18 and if you're old enough to be in a war and die then you're certainly old enough to drink some fucking alcohol and i mean there are people age 16 who are getting tried as adults so you're making the argument they have have enough fully formed brain to totally know what they're doing is wrong but they don't 
so they can make the decision to like kill somebody, but they can't make the decision to to have a beer. It, it just yeah. at, at some point you kind of have to align these things, and I'm this. It's a little bit high minded of a thing to to tackle on a shitty podcast that no one listens to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I I do think kind of to to your, the point you were making before, Andrea, about about Europe and and kind of the the drinking culture there being so different. I think that if I had been having like a beer with my dad every now and then when I was in high school, then when I got to and then when I got to college, I I didn't drink initially in college because you know I because I I wanted to be a good boy and wait till I was twenty one and that didn't last very long. But but then when I did start drinking in college, I went crazy immediately. And I yeah. I, I think if I had had more experience, even just a little more experience drinking, than I wouldn't have. I was I was lucky. Tyler was my was my sensei for drinking, and and my, the first six months, I would I would ask him whether I should have another drink because he knew my body better than I did, and I and that worked out really well for me. I had a lot of great nights freshman year, and but I, most people aren't lucky enough to have a seasoned veteran to guide them on their way. You know, people steal a bottle bottle of their parents' booze and and hide in the basement and drink it and get themselves sick or something like that. If we just kind of had a more open communication about what alcohol is and what it does and, and, and also didn't just talk about the cons, like obviously there are cons, but when we, you have the D.A.R.E. program and stuff, I don't know if you guys had that, but like in, in high school, all I was told was alcohol is going to kill you. Alcohol is going to make you get in a car crash. Alcohol is going to explode your liver. And like, Alcohol has problems, and it's it it's bad for you, but it has it has benefits too, and it's tough to tell a group of high schoolers the benefits of drinking. But if we would communicate more honestly, I, I don't know. I, then then I would have take I would have taken the negatives more seriously if they would have talked about the positives too. Because when all you do is tell me that it's going to get me killed, then I kind of tune you out because I think you're full of shit. Right. And they absolutely are full of shit. Like, that's not the truth of it. And I mean, high school kids know, I think about this all the time, like people go really hard on high school kids and try to treat them like their children. And like, really, like, in terms of human evolution, by the time you were a teenager, you were starting to live life on your own. So I mean, we shouldn't talk down to them. And I mean, it's like the fucking dare program is a great example of that. Like, you know, not everyone should be doing drugs because not everyone can handle it. But, like, there are some drugs for some people that work better for them than not doing it. And they are happier and have a better life. I mean, that's certainly not true for everyone. But, I mean, it just it, it just fucking depends. And, you know, by limiting the conversation, you get, like, the smart people who tune out and don't give a shit. Uh, oh, and um, I would just like to verify Sam's story about Tyler being an awesome drinking sensei. I definitely remember nights where... Tyler was just, like, the best friend to Sam in a party situation, and it was really cute, and I really liked it. <laughs> we had, a, we had a, a pretty crazy bromance, especially freshman year. He told me it was the, adorable. He taught me the mirror trick, which I still employ from time to time, which is kind of it's kind of zany that it works, but if you look in the mirror and you think, huh, I look kind of crazy, then that means <laughs> you should stop drinking. And it's not that, like... Not that, like, it means your hair's all wild or your eyes are bloodshot. It's just, it looks a little off. And it's because uh, your brain's confused. And if your brain's confused, then you should calm down. 
I thought you were going to say, if I look in the mirror and I say, who the hell is that? Well, <laughs> well that's, that's its own set of circumstances. Yeah. Tyler had a, Tyler had a much ruder uh, approach to judging his drunkenness. Uh, there was a, a girl in college, I won't, I won't use her name, but he said that once he was at a party and he looked at her and thought, hey, she's pretty good looking. I, I never realized that. And that's when he realized he was too drunk. Oh my god. Which is which is kind of oh kind of sad, but effective. Whew. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. Yeah. So, Chance, Andrea and I have both told you hilarious also nude stories about our pasts. Do you have a hilarious yeah. story? N- nudity is optional but encouraged. All right. I guess um hmm. Well, I can only think of like really one maybe only a couple nude stories and then uh whenever it comes to uh funny I don't know. Well, let's just go with the nude one that I was inspired by uh, Tyler by it encouraged future nudity, I guess. <laughs> if you'll remember uh, Frisbee Formal, um, your junior year, um, it was held up at the Commons and everything. At one point, uh, we were playing stumps, things like that. Um, Tim Bell was there and everything. Um, and uh, at one point, uh, Tyler was locked in the closet and someone tricked me into going into the oh closet. Oh god, as well. I forgot about this. <laughs> yeah. And uh whenever I got in there, I just heard Tyler say like, Oh hey Chance and I was like, Hey Tyler, he's like, I'm naked. Um, <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah, he's like, Yeah, like completely naked <laughs> and, and of course like I asked him why I did it and he, he was like, Well they locked me in here and so I thought it would be funny if whenever I came out I was naked <laughs> And, of course, later on, he did come out, and he was naked, and it was very funny. So, anyway, I was just like, huh, it's really great that, like, you can be so comfortable, like, being naked, and, like, I don't know, and it wasn't the first time that I was exposed to naked people. So, anyway, I tried that out on some of my friends uh, that following summer whenever I was home. Um, I was at a friend's house, um, and uh, I brought, like, my brother's Xbox with me because we didn't have internet at the time so i brought my brother's xbox because he needed to download like some dlc for a modern for like uh one of the uh call of duty games that had nazi zombies on it so uh so anyway i'm bringing in like i'm like hey i'm gonna go grab uh, my brother's xbox if it's cool and everything and download this stuff using your internet and he's like yeah yeah so i run out and uh, while I'm, like, at the car and everything, I'm like, you know what? It'd be really funny if, like, I just, like, went back and I was naked or something. I feel like there was something more that maybe pushed me to do this. But I just, uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. And then I just took off all my clothes right there in the driveway because it's, like, the middle of the night. Like, I'm not worried. So I'm just, like, I'll leave my clothes right here. Um, and then I just, like, took the box and, like, put it in front of my junk and everything so, like, everyone wouldn't be, like, exposed to that. But they'd still be like, oh, shit, he's... No, and then I went up and, like, knocked on, like, the sliding glass door and everything, and, like, seven or so of my friends just, like, kind of lost their minds at the moment. <laughs> is it... Is so it there's, a, my, uh, there's my nude story. <laughs> is it uh, sad to you, potentially, that your nude form could be funny to others? <laughs> oh, no, I think that uh, nudity is funny. Uh, I mean, I find other people's nudity funny so why shouldn't they find mine funny i want people to find my nudity breathtaking and glorious <laughs> oh, of course that's the ideal right i mean i think the, the chance of circumstance lend itself to being hilarious like 
you know, it's not necessarily a breathtaking moment every time. Uh, well, it's my goal for it to be, but that hasn't been the case. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about this final article? Uh, sure. Uh, so this one is super adjacent as opposed to actually about beer. Uh-huh. But it was on the beer subreddit, so I have it. Okay. Atlanta Hawks get fashionable, get fashionable with Lima Rita. Uh, so the Atlanta Hawks is a professional basketball team, and I guess they are partnering with Limerita, which is a garbage beverage, to make a clothing line. So already that's kind of wacky to me. Like, it's men's basketball and shitty booze. They team up to make clothes for women. I don't I don't really follow the logic, but the idea is, is that it's going to kind of get into the heads of women and two two of their passion points, sports and fashion. I don't know how Limerita comes into play there, because Limerita is neither sports nor fashion. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's the content of this article in, in its entirety. I mean, to me, this is just, like, bourgeois capitalist bullshit, like, just mashing things together to make profits. I, I mean... I don't think there's anything you can do to get some women into the NBA. I mean, it's just, it's useless to begin with. I don't know how tagging on Lime Marita is going to help, though, like, maybe some women like Lime Marita. I don't know. I don't think the idea is to make women be interested in the Atlanta Hawks. I think the idea is to get female Atlanta Hawks fans and also females who like Lime Marita each to wear this clothing, which is, you know, this third completely separate thing. Uh, there's also only that one little picture of it so i can't really get a read of like is this clothing cute independently of these weird affiliations yeah i i don't think their goal is to make good clothing i think it's to make branded clothing that they can sell i can't yeah i can't tell are these things gonna say like nba on them or limerita or they can be lime colored or um, It, it looks like they say atl as in atlanta uh okay but these pictures are not great, so it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, I'm not sure if that picture is, like, a picture of... Because they definitely sell more than that, and um, I just wasn't sure if that was a picture showing what the actual... I just uh, assumed. Yeah, but, you know, they say when you assume... They say usually you're right, but you're not always right. Right, yeah. That mm-hmm. is what they say. I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Yeah. I assume. That's how that's how the, old, how the old adage goes. So you guys want to wrap this up? You want to tell me about the beers you've been drinking? Well, uh, Andrea, do you want to go first? Uh, sure, yeah. So I'm a decent way through the pumpkin, and it's been really good. So it's not super sweet or super spicy, and it, it, it's got kind of a, like a refreshing taste to it. Like I don't, I'm not getting sick of it. I'm not getting sick in general for having drank this much. I think it's a pretty solid beer. Yeah, I'd drink this again. What would you give it out of 10? Hmm. I think I'd give it like an 8. 8 out of 10. And we, we've been trying to do this thing where uh, to kind of make it more uh, more accessible because, you know, tasting notes in a number only get you so far. What what type of people, like what subgroup of, of the culture would you recommend it to? Hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, people who don't like IPAs will probably like it. And if we're talking like stereotypical people, oh you know, no, I, I didn't. I didn't mean to like make you throw shade at people. Really, more just <laughs> different different palettes, I guess. Which you already kind of kind of went towards. Although I love IPAs, yeah. and I also love that beer. 
Okay. Yeah. So like any like anyone who likes coffee notes, you know, it's it's a pretty like dark, solid beer. Chance, what you got? All right. Yeah. So I've got the Dogfish Head Pumpkin Ale, just to uh, remind everyone. I'm also very familiar with the the pumpkin, uh, the pumpkin that uh, Andrea is having, and uh, I um, you know, you gotta like pumpkin because I mean it's a very strong pumpkin ale. It's like eight something percent. Eight point six. Uh, eight point six. Yeah. So it's a nice strong pumpkin beer, and it's not too overwhelming with pumpkin. And I think um, I actually like pumpkin ale a bit more than uh, pumpkin is what I've come to find it's a bit cheaper like actually significantly cheaper a good seven percent on the abv so um i think that's like really a really a good number for beers because that way i can have a few without getting like uh too messed up or anything you know drinking three of these is like drinking four or fives you know so it's it's good tastes like pumpkin and uh i don't know it just goes down really nice it's not too in your face though so Whenever it comes to people who I'd recommend the beer to, anyone who's had a beer and uh, a pumpkin beer and said, you know, I like pumpkin, but this beer had too much pumpkin and I didn't like that. One of one of my examples of that would be uh, Traveler's Jacko Traveler. Um, that one is kind of a little, yeah, just too much pumpkin in one beer. I think that Dogfish Head gets it right with this beer. And do you want to put a number out of 10 on that? Hmm. Now, are these uh, pitchfork ratings, or are we doing like just uh? I don't know. No, I don't know what numbers. a pitchfork rating is. I'm old. Uh, that's like that's one decimal. Yeah, you can you can get one decimal. All right, I'll give it an I'll give it an eight seven. Okay. Wow, these are some high ratings. I I don't think I can. I I, I go up. with like that's a B plus in my book. You know? Sure. And I think it deserves a B plus. I have Stone Bourbon Barrel Aged Arrogant Bastard, eight point one percent ABV. And uh, I thought this was good. Uh, it's it's a good example of an American strong ale, although I expected more bourbon and barrel flavor out of it. There, there wasn't that much of it. Really, all that comes through is uh, a booziness and an astringency, which I think is coming from the bourbon barrel, but that's not the f- flavors that I was hoping to be able to pull out of it. Very, very tiny bit of vanilla, but uh, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty intense intensely flavored beer before you put the bourbon barrel in it and so uh you don't really get that much of it just because it's covered by the maltiness and the bitterness that was already there i I would give this a six six i think it's it's just fine it's a good example of the style but i i really would just say just get the original arrogant bastard i think it's balanced a little better but but i would recommend this to anyone who who likes an american strong ale because Especially if you don't know Arrogant Bastard, like the original version, like you would taste this and think I'm crazy, cause, and you would say it's the best American Strong Ale ever, because it's a really good American Strong Ale. It's just, I don't think it's as good as the uh, standard version. Uh, and that's that's it. I'm going to do the closing spiel, unless anyone has anything they want to say. Yeah, just thanks for having me on. It was really fun. I'm glad I got to talk to you guys. Like, I think I haven't talked to Chance in a few years either, so this is really great. Yeah, the last time I saw you, Andrea, it was um, you and Tavita. You stopped by uh, my place in North Village. Yeah, homecoming. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was so fun. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's been a while, and I look forward to uh, talking to both of you guys um, in in the not-so-distant future. Yeah, and hopefully seeing you in person soon, too. I, I plan to do some traveling soon. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's been so a I'm pl- looking forward to that. Yeah. 
it's been a blast talking to you guys. It's been a great trip back to the college days. Our our email address, if you have anything you want to say to us, is BruisedayTuesdayPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter, at BruisedayTuesday, and the URL for all the episodes is BruisedTues.com. Thanks again, guys, for coming on, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll see you in just a week. Don't let the bastards keep you down. Bye, everybody. And then you guys can say bye. So long. Bye. Here comes the beer. Catch all your tears. Drink the remedy. Forget about your problems. Here comes the shot. Lose all your thoughts. Drink the remedy. Forget about your problems. This one's on me. Fix you for free. Drink the remedy. Forget about everything. This one's on me. Got what you need. And take your medicine.